One of our favorite seasons is almost here. And at Lowe's, we're ready to bring on fall. Make that bathroom pop with matte black Moen Fashion Plumbing and Faucets. Bring fresh color inside with a range of Seco paints. And build leaf piles for the kids and maybe yourself with a Craftsman Leaf Blower. If you're ready to bring on fall, visit Lowe's.ca to get home delivery or curbside pickup. Lowe's. You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jim Shooter, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the Epic Marvel Movie Podcast. I am your host, Douglas Ferguson. And I am Steve Ferguson. I just, I really wanted to give it my, my best for my first intro. One of our favorite seasons is almost here. And at Lowe's, we're ready to bring on fall. Make that bathroom pop with matte black Moen Fashion Plumbing and Faucets. Bring fresh color inside with a range of Seco paints. And build leaf piles for the kids and maybe yourself with a Craftsman Leaf Blower. If you're ready to bring on fall, visit Lowe's.ca to get home delivery or curbside pickup. Lowe's. Was it good? <laughs> it was It was great, Doug. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I really need that validation. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. How have you been this last month? Well, not that it's any of your business. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but, uh, Whoa. Not bad, not bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I've been working a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. hang, hanging with cats and... And having chats. Have you been hanging with cats in uh, in trailer parks at all? Uh, no, I I don't even really know where there's a trailer park around here. Uh, there's actually one not far from where I live, uh, oh, okay. and there's also one beside the superstore uh, on Lowheat Highway. They're they're kind of tucked in sometimes, but uh, mm-hmm. actually, to be honest, I think they prefer to be called uh, modular home neighborhoods. Does that sound right, people? Uh, yeah, yeah. Modular home neighborhoods. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey. When we were selecting this upcoming episode, uh, you know, I found what what we say is is called Read Comic Online, I think, and it was strange too. It was like singular Read Comic Online. Yeah, Read Comic, which is just one comic. Pick one. Just read There's there's tons of them, but just just pick one. Pick one comment. Read one comment online. Yeah, and uh, I I actually, you know what? They've got they've got a lot of stuff in there, right? Actually, truthfully, this they've uh, saved my butt. Truthfully, they've uh, I saved my butt um, yeah. for for my uh, my YouTube show Beast Wars Wednesday because I I was ordering the physical copies of Beast Wars comics which mm. there were uh, there was a small series of them um, and ba- yeah basically I, I I ordered them but they're not going to be here for a while but I need to like read them ahead of time so we can actually shoot the show and know what we're talking about mm-hmm. um, and I I like okay well where can I read Beast Wars comics online and guess what's website pops up first first Google go. search read there comic you. online so yeah. there you go if anyone's interested in Beast Wars comics or probably any other comic there you go yeah <laughs> so uh, I was skimming through the the Marvel uh, the super specials 
And uh, first off, there's a few Kiss comics in there, which is hmm, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think didn't for like Kiss number one, didn't they like give like a pint of their own blood or something to for the ink? I mean, Thought? maybe you know some things. I don't know what's urban legend and what's actually true. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I seem to recall something like, but I was surprised by the, and there's there's some some like sort of adventure uh, fantasy comics mm-hmm. in, in these Marvel super specials. I know that when you guys when you send me links of the read comic online. Uh, the the little picture that comes up is always a kiss comic. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I'm like, because I think it's Marvel Marvel Super Special number one. Right. So yeah. okay. So, so they, they they just thought that Kiss was a super special band. That's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are very special. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not even Peter Chris wants to be Peter Chris. Is that right? So <laughs> I learned from Family Guy. Uh, <laughs> what a great what a great episode. Uh, so strange. Anyway, um, yeah, but one really stood out uh, stood out to me, and that was uh, that was the last Starfighter, the subject of our of our conversation today. And truthfully, it's because like I used to, I used to really dig that that uh, that film as a kid, but it, the ending always used to really bug me. And actually, watching the movie start to finish, I thought I had, but upon us watching it again uh, the past this past week. I was like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here I really actively don't remember. So I think I probably watched, at best, 80% of the movie start to finish as a kid. I don't know if I've ever watched it start to finish either. Um, I know I've definitely seen it because it used to be on TV quite oh, a bit. Oh, yeah, all the time. But we never catch it from the beginning. Um, I think at best I caught it from the when he's playing the game and he's starting to win. But even then, I, I just don't know if I ever... Just sat through the whole thing, mm-hmm. so it was nice watching it from start to finish. Maybe for the first time, if not for the first time, the first time in a long time. Um, yeah, so it's uh, and you know it's always good to catch up on some eighties classics. Sure. Uh, question time, Doug. Mm-hmm. Okay, total truth here. I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. Are movies like like do TV stations still play movies regularly? Is that still a thing? Uh, I. S- I think you you may watch more TV than I do. To oh. be honest, I I don't I haven't watched like regular television in ages. Um, I, I know sometimes when I watch Doctor Who, uh, the Space Channel, which is uh, oh, right, Canada's used, version of sci-fi, they do movies from space. But I used to work at Shaw. I almost forgot, so mm. I do. I, I should be knowledgeable about this. Wow, um, <laughs> no, I mean the, the thing is, I mean I I was I worked for them, but I never. I mean I I was subscribed to their services, but I didn't watch the cable that aspect of it that sure. was um but you know i think what it is is that channels are very specialized these days yeah so there's movie channels yes um, no th- yeah sure. that's true that's true but, but I, I mean like like if you're like going past i don't know nbc or something like that will they have like a you know a friday night movie special i, I don't i don't know if they do that yeah anymore. or uh, the wonderful world of disney, the wonderful world of disney. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure right um truthfully i don't know i don't i i'm not really sure because I'm just Netflix mostly. Yeah, now, that, that's know? exactly it. If you, when you can yeah. watch movies on demand and watch Netflix and stuff, I feel like you kind of lose a bit of that. But that being said, though, I also remember as a kid not really liking watching movies on TV because of commercial breaks. True. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, and because they would edit things out yeah, too, right? Yeah. I remember we have. Uh, we had uh, Scrooge, uh, <laughs> possibly the best Christmas movie ever made. Yeah, um, certainly up there. <laughs> we had we had it on VHS, and we watched. We, I know we taped it off TV, mm-hmm. and then there, when we got the actual official release, um, there were whole mo- sections of the movie we hadn't even seen mm-hmm. because they were they were snipped out for commercial breaks, and they kind of did their best approximation of like when is a good time to chime back in, but they they were stuff that came out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, 
I mean, it's all pros and cons for this for this sort of broadcast stuff. But yeah, um, this was a movie definitely that was on TV quite a bit. Um, came out we were saying 1984, so it was right on the heels of uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and was a, yet another in a long stream of. Star Wars inspired movies, movies that, well, that there was there was a market for it. Still, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, it was a very strong market, mm-hmm. uh, and although pretty hammy, probably one of the more successful ones, I would say, or certainly one of the most fondly remembered ones. Yeah, it's definitely very well remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's uh, there's still like I, I when I rented it because I'm very old school people. I, I go to the, uh, the video store. I go to the video store still. There, there's like one left in Vancouver. Well, there's the black dog. Is there still the black dog on Cambia as well? Yes. Okay. So okay. one one chain, mm-hmm. but it's just okay. Two stores, same company. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I haven't seen it. In yeah, ages. no, they're they're both uh, they're both still open. They're the uh, sole survivors, as far as I, as far as I know, mm. um, at least in Vancouver proper. And uh, yeah, the guy behind the counter, he's probably just a little bit older than us, um, probably like early forties. He's like, yeah, Last Starfighter, that's an awesome movie. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, actually he he. He also said that about Cube when I rented Cube. He's like, oh, Cube, yeah, awesome movie. <laughs> so maybe he just... He loves his job. You know, the thing is, you know, he's the perfect person for that kind of job. Yeah. Just, he loves movies, which is, yeah, who, who you want to be when you're working at, a, like, the last video store. I also do want to take advantage to thank you for renting me Cube. It took me ages to get around to watch, but because of the subject material, I had to wait for the kids were in bed and when I was not in bed. Oh, yeah, that that opening scene would probably traumatize. Oh, yeah, it almost traumatized yeah. me. The, <laughs> the guy was actually literally cubed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I would like to see a comic adaptation of that, something so that you can t- kind of take the time to digest some of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and this is something that I will come back to and have mentioned before on this on this show, like, especially when we talked about Dune. Is that like sometimes reading really helps you digest what they're talking about? You know, and and, and you can actually stop and you can kind of think about it and kind of process it. Well, you know, um, my uh, my fiance, uh, she's really into. Uh, she we like watching movies together, but she for some reason she just always needs subtitles on, hmm. um, and and apparently she's not the only one. There's other people who just they they just don't necessarily get what's going on screen. Like it's maybe it's happening too fast. I don't exactly know why, but because I don't have any issues with there's no subtitles on. But I, I basically. I've been now watching a lot of movies with subtitles on, mm-hmm. and I will say there's a benefit in that you do digest stuff a bit more. You miss you miss a lot, I think. Like, like I don't feel like I'm missing anything when I'm watching it, but there are definitely lines that I do miss when uh, I'm just watching it for just one time without subtitles. Sure, they they do they do help so when you when you have the the audio and the visual. It does help everything sink in a little bit better. But I still prefer without subtitles because I just I just prefer without. Did, did you correct me wrong? I want to say that you you had to had to watch Train Spotting with subtitles on. Yes, yes, their accents <laughs> were too thick. Um, that might be I might be better at that now because that was yeah. quite a while ago. That was back when I was uh, that was like. It's probably like nineteen or so um, when I watched <laughs> that one, but um, yeah, because and now that I've like I'm I'm much better with accents, and so I'd probably do much better. But <laughs> but then again, maybe not because they had some pretty thick Scottish accents. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. I do very well with British, but not, Scottish can be a little trickier. Or uh, Pikey, like from uh, uh, Snatch. Yeah, we're tangenting a lot already. Uh, I'm so but, sorry, but, but but I will say this. Okay, so apparently, uh, Brad Pitt's uh, accent in Snatch is awesome. Mm. Like, there's a video about uh, Irish people 
critiquing Irish accents done by actors who aren't Irish. Yeah. And they go through tons of them, like uh, Sean Connery in The Untouchables. Uh, he d- I don't even think he attempts a, an Irish accent, <laughs> but he's not. supposed to be Irish, apparently. <laughs> uh. um, and there's just uh, most of them, they're just like, yeah, that's really, that's really terrible. Um, and, uh, and But then uh, Brad Pitt comes on, and they're like, is it bad that I can understand everything he's saying? <laughs> and, and, uh, and like, uh, yeah, because apparently he's like, it's spot on. It hmm. is really good. Um, I think we underestimate uh, Brad Pitt sometimes. He's, totally. he's a phenomenal no, actor. He's, he's good. He's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump back in time. Like I said, 1984 was the release date for The Last Starfighter. Uh, it kind of, as a... I mean, the comparisons to Star Wars are, are very obvious, uh, you know, especially in terms of, like, the hero's journey sort of thing, uh, yeah, and the, you know, yeah. the reluctant hero, uh, with, but with the inborn talent and stuff. I also feel that, tonally, uh, there, it, it kind of feels a bit like E.T. as well. Mm, like, okay, tonally. I can see that, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the sort of the, the, the mystery of space and the creatures sort of... Um, it, it gives me kind of like that... That sort of impression as well, especially like the living situation. You know, it's it's more grounded, it's more down oh, to yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not as otherworldly as Star Wars is. Exactly, it doesn't um, it does not take place in a galaxy far, far away. No, or even a long time ago. I will say this though: the title music is pretty hammy. Um, it just it just felt. Just felt like uh, you, you know. know. Actually, I, I kind of liked it though. Uh, mm. Personally, I I mean, hammy, sure, but um, but it's nice. It's memorable. You know, it doesn't feel like it's just generic. It's just. It is. It's. I mean, maybe maybe it's a bit much, but it's. I know. Works for me. I don't. I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> no. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk just a moment about uh, about the home base setting of uh, of a trailer park, the Great American Trailer Park, <laughs> and uh, I I kind of want your opinion on this um, as to why they decided to do a trailer park as opposed to suburbia. Uh, do you think it's they were making a conscious attempt to be more representative of American life and say people in the you know the lower you know the lower class, or were they just kind of like kind of taking the piss out of the whole situation that you know well you know he's he's actually the greatest fighter pilot on the planet uh, and he's you know but you know you would never know it because you know he's in a trailer park sort of thing like do you think it's more commentary or do you think it's just kind of like it's supposed to be kind of an ironic thing? Um. I think it was just for the sheer contrast of the fact that he, he has this life that is like, you know, it's, it's more than just, a, it's like a really, sm- it's more than just a small town. It is a really small town of mobile homes. Um, and I do know like a lot of, lots of small town people feel like they're stuck mm. and they have trouble even imagining venturing out to go to a big city. Mm-hmm. And so the, the prospect of going from uh, a, like a trailer town like this as small as it gets of this small community of like old people and a few young people who are just like who don't know what to do with themselves um and then basically going becoming an outer space adventurer uh i think it's just you know kind of part of the fantasy it's Mm. it's, it's really it's just for the the most stark contrast i feel like there's just a lot of uh a lot of fiction that that kind of uh that default starts in suburbia you know what i mean yeah yeah uh, and I did think it was kind of nice, um, and certainly lent to uh, the characters, uh, all the secondary characters, to to kind of do you know not suburbia, you know, just just far down, you know, a little more down, we'll say on the on the uh, socioeconomic status. Um, and I wonder as well, in you know, if in a lot of ways, if a lot of audiences 
you know, who didn't necessarily see it in theaters, but as soon as it hits uh, video store shelves, you know, we could rent it and relate to it, you know, a lot more than, you know, a lot more than some other movies. Uh, maybe, you know, because uh, I'm sure... Yeah, well, a lot of small towns. That's how they watch movies. Is they don't. They don't. I know for a fact. I was. Uh, I visited Kimberly, and they don't have mm-hmm. a movie theater in town. Mm-hmm. They did, but it, it closed down. Alas, as so many, as so many classic theaters did. Um, and so they to go to the theater, you have to go to the next town over. It would, and it's like a forty-five minute drive, which you know, isn't the end of the world, but it is. It does make it so it has to be like a, a big night, you know. Yeah. Um, rather than just like yeah, you know, let's just go to cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, if I if I wanted to, where I where I live. I could take a bus to the theater in five minutes and and see a movie if I if I wanted to. So yeah, um, it's yeah. So th- having a video store um, is much more relatable because yeah, you just you just go in, you rent a movie, and uh, and you know the they get the movies from wherever, and then they have them in the store. They don't need to go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing I did note is, did you notice that a lot of uh, '80s films, especially those geared towards young adults, have a fascination with these pickup trucks, eh? Maybe yeah, maybe it's just a sign of the times. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I kind of like watch watch for it, folks, especially in the eighties. Uh, Back to Future is obviously the first example that that, uh, mm-hmm. that comes to my mind. But uh, Back to Future also, you know, kind of suburban kid um, and getting a pickup truck. You know, that was uh, the dream. Yeah, exactly. They've got these these big pickup trucks. It kind of replaced you know like the the hot rod of the fifties, I guess. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I look at them and I'm just like, you know, yeah, they're big and you can cram all your friends in the back illegally but uh, <laughs> but like I don't, I don't think they're truthfully i don't think they're particularly good looking you know cars no you know? no no they're they're big and bulky yeah 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 I, it definitely goes against our our uh our way of thinking of today about you know the fact that like now more compact cars are way more in fashion because they consume less gas which is super expensive mm-hmm. um especially where we live um and uh, and you know we're very environmentally conscious and those things guzzle gas which is which pollutes and and it's, uh, you know i'm i mean there was an environmental movement in the 80s but it's not nearly what it was right now so yeah no yeah. kidding uh, so, Doc, tell tell me about uh, you know we we have forgotten entirely yeah. for the poor listener at home yeah. uh, who may not have seen this movie because perhaps they're fifteen years old. Uh, <laughs> why don't you walk us through the film, Doug? What 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 happens in this movie? Like, what is going on? Well, there's a kid. Yeah, uh, his name is. Um Oh, what is he Alex Alex I want to say Alex names are my strong point um, anyway Alex uh, he as we have discussed in great length he lives in a uh, trailer park home uh, and he's uh, I'm guessing it seems like he's like uh, him and his family are like the repair people of the neighborhood or the comic was a little uh, better at showing this that his mom is the manager so he's kind of like the fixer okay guy. okay so he yeah. missed, he's Mr. Fixer Okay, yeah. I see, I see. Um, I missed that watching the movie, though. I, I didn't understand. I thought maybe they were asking him to do all the fixings because he was a young guy. And technically, like, like, oh, he but, knows the technology. But, yeah, exactly. But in the comic, yeah. oh, his mom's manager. Okay, now it makes sense. Right. Okay, yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, deep down inside, he's a Disney princess. He really mm-hmm. wants uh, more to... <laughs> <laughs> he wants more to he, life. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah he, wa- he wants so much more than this provincial life. <laughs> um, so... He, but but he he uses his spare time to play this uh, arcade game called Starfighter, um, and it's at the local store, uh, general store, I guess, and uh, and that's basically like he 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 works all day and then he he unwinds doing that and uh, he spends time with his girlfriend. 
Um, but mostly plays Starfighter, and he's super good at it. And he and he's he's getting close to beating a record. Um, <clears throat> and anyways, he's gonna go off with his friends to the beach, and um, and then he gets called in to do work and fix somebody's uh, what was it plumbing or no the power her power was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she and, wants to wash her soaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know what it's like when you disrupt old people's soaps. Oh, <laughs> oh man, oh man, man. <laughs> Um, uh, can, sorry, can I tell a quick story about this? Uh, okay. Years ago, I want to say it was the 70s or the 80s, my grandma decided that she wanted to watch, I don't know, Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, whatever, I don't know. And her grandpa kind of poked fun at her about it. Oh, it's just trash TV, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But she recorded an episode, and he, he, he watched it and then didn't miss another episode for like the next like 20 to 30 years or so <laughs> until... Uh, I want to say it was Sailor Moon or something. There was something I wanted to watch, and I didn't quite understand how VCRs really worked at the time because he had he had a newer VCR than we did, and he had a timed recorder. So, um, what I didn't understand, and what you folks who uh, who grew up without VCRs might not understand, uh, is that when you had a, a time recording set up in that way, it would record a specified channel, but you could watch TV. You could watch TV just fine, but the VCR would be recording off a specific channel. So very much like kind of like a PVR. Mm-hmm. I didn't know old, that at the old time. Tech PVR. Yeah. Sure. yeah, I didn't know that at the time. So I was watching my show, and then I became worried that oh no, now it's recording. You know, it's recording my show instead of his show, and so I panicked and I tried to stop the recording, but I couldn't because uh, the VCR won't, won't let you stop it while it's in its sort of timed record mode. So I wound up just having to eject the eject the tape, uh, and he was he was so mad. Like, like I, it's not like he took me out and beat me or anything like that. <laughs> but he was, he wow. was, he was genuinely mad. And then, and then on top of that, I found out that it was completely needless, anyways. But I mean, I think I interrupted like a thirty years or at least a twenty year streak of soap opera episodes for him. And truthfully, I don't think Grandma ever watched soaps. I thought she did. Did she? Okay. Oh yeah, I'm it was sure definitely she... his thing. I I think they both did. Uh, or maybe maybe they had different soaps that they watched. Maybe mm. they were into different things. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure. At some point, uh, she commented on how I, I I did something as well and made her miss her show or something like that. And oh, it looks like you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're we both. are we are menaces, both the worst. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, honestly, the writers of those shows can't even keep this like their story straight because <laughs> the turnover is so fast that yeah. they don't have time to like actually look back. Like they crank out scripts so fast. It is a, an unenviable position, let me tell you. No doubt. So, but yeah, sorry, my apologies. <laughs> He's gonna repair old lady's electricity so she can watch her soaps because you do not want to get in the way between her and her soaps. Exactly. Um, so he has to he has to miss the day with his friends because it's gonna take all day for him to uh, to go fix that and. Um, so at the end of the day, he's just playing Starfighter to blow off some steam. His girlfriend's like, "Hey, I'm back. I missed you. Hey." Missed you. Um, anyways, he 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 winds up being on a streak, and he gets a new high score, exciting everybody in the town, much to my surprise. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I I'm pretty sure that nobody that age would really care about some kid beating an arcade high score, but they did, okay. and uh, and he was the town the the town hero for that night. Um, but it turns out this isn't just a, any regular arcade game because he gets a visit from a guy named Centauri who's like, hey, I'm looking for the guy who uh, who beat, beat this game. And he's like, that's me. He's like, okay, cool. I got a surprise. And he's like, is it candy? And <laughs> Why don't you step in my car and find out? And he's like, no, even better. It's kittens. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Meow, meow. <laughs> Ooh, kittens. Anyway, so uh, he gets zapped by uh, a beta robot or something like that. He's like, he's like, who's that guy? Zap. Ow. And then that guy leaves. And then Centauri's like, let's go. And he takes him into outer space, just like that, and um, brings him to... I believe uh, the technical term is kidnaps. Yeah, actually, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he kidnaps him and brings him to outer space. And... Um, uh, left behind is a robot that takes his form and I think must take some of his memories too because he seems to know everybody. At the very least he seems to have an intuition uh, about how to respond to situations and stuff. At the very least. Yeah, just not romantic situations apparently. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, and Alex understandably gets to this outer space base where they're training starfighters um, and is like what is going on? I don't want to go into outer space and fly and die now. Mm. And, and Centauri's like why not? <laughs> Anyways, that's Stop being so selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, I guess that's the, that's the gist of it. That gets the ball rolling a bit. Now, truthfully, uh, Lance Guest might be what I at first said he's the. I think he thought he was the only one who really sold his role, but that's not really true too. Because which, which one's Lance Guest? Uh, Alex. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Robert Preston is Centauri. He's pretty badass as well. Like he's he's so easy in the role, right? Uh, right. He's so he's so confident and cool, and his dialogue is so natural. But Lance Guest as Alex kind of has an unenviable uh, task ahead of him because not only does he have to play Alex going through the hero's journey, going through denial, going through this this. Uh, uh, oh, I don't want this responsibility. Oh, hey, I'm actually really good at this. Oh, hey, here's the things I really want out of life. What is life? Handling? All that sort of stuff. He's also got to play the beta unit, too. The robot who's who's trying to pretend to be Alex mm-hmm. and failing, but, you know, but has has his own personality traits as well. Like, he's he's kind of he's kind of smarmy at times, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I got to applaud Lance Guest, although we, we looked him up in the really not too much work all things considered halloween 2 no halloween 3 season season of witch was yeah that was number yeah. 3 yeah, yeah yeah uh so i mean there was a few things that he was in at around that point but i mean we we did make some jokes that he did kind of look like uh uh Kirk Cameron <laughs> a little yeah, bit yeah. you know yeah yeah but uh yeah no i i applaud i applaud him like that's a tough role that you've you've got to step into and and sell. Yeah, he does just fine. I think. Yeah, he he, he does the, he does the role justice. Um, you know, it's uh, sometimes the, the role is just sort of like go whoa. Sometimes you know, <laughs> as you're flying out in space, um, you know, and the, but it comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it does still deal with some relevant themes. You know, this this idea of like like that you even mentioned. It's just like. You know, I'm here in this trailer park, and I feel trapped, and I I want to... I mean, his ambitions really have gone as far as he wants to go to school, but not in, like, the local community college. He just wants to go off to school. Yeah, he wants to go to a real college and, yeah. and, and to try and, you know, better himself that way, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I think his his relationship with his girlfriend, I think, is fairly, fairly realistic He in that he's not, like... A gaga over her, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, like yeah, like, they have a kind of a very natural rapport. Like they've been together for a while. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And and he only he sort of pushes her away at times, but but not like not like rudely, you know. And yeah, not, there's a moment where he's kind of he gets a little like suspicious of like some guy driving her to where he is, and she just offers an explanation. She's like, "I just want to get to you faster." And he, he accepts it, and it doesn't become a thing. And it was kind of refreshing to see, like, there wasn't this forced drama out yeah. of that. Yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, that's 
That's actually kind of nice. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you're right. I had an issue with uh, the older the older African American gentleman who was in it. I felt like he was almost in the role that uh, I believe Spike Lee coined the Magic Negro. Um, oh, yeah. In the you, you know the sage old black person who comes and gives inspired advice and then leaves. I don't even. The thing is, I don't know if uh, if he even gave really inspiring advice. He did. He said that when so, when life finally uh, comes to you, don't let it you know get away. You got to grab it and, okay. and hold on. Oh, okay. You know. Um, I guess it didn't feel like that significant a moment. <laughs> I no, I mean that, that's fair, but I. I yeah, I just I kind of I kind of wish that there was there was a little a little more for him to do besides give that advice and also get really excited that Alex was hitting a high score. Well, I mean, honestly, like most of the side characters don't have that much to do. Yeah. So it's not just him. It's it's a uh, it's a lot of character. Like basically, he almost gets like the most screen time out of out of the trailer park folk, um, apart from like his girlfriend. I think he, the guy might get as much screen time as his mom. So you know, <laughs> uh, I actually I don't think you're wrong. No, I, 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 I wasn't joking. I'm, I'm being entirely serious right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. You know this this movie kind of. Um, it it plays very much to a fantasy mm-hmm. um, of like people who are like in small towns, you know they they feel kind of trapped again like I've, you know I've kind of mentioned already and they you know they play video games in their spare time and it, it kind of appeals to that fantasy idea of like hey maybe I'm not wasting my time playing all these video games maybe this is all <laughs> for something real big like it really it really kind of hits that note of like it's of like. Um, you know, people go to the arcade and, and they want to think that what they're doing, you know, it's not just fun, but maybe maybe it's important, you know? Like, it maybe it's part of shaping who they are and, and uh, or, you know, like, you know, it, it, these aren't not useful skills. These these are, uh, it's, it's improving my hand-eye coordination. We, you know, we, it's, it's silly, but we still see a lot of this judgmental uh, stuff towards video games today. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah. Which... Uh, again, it's it's really silly. Because I even sometimes feel like I participate in it because I'm always judging like the 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 cool games like right now. like right now. I mean, you and I, but we both hate Fortnite. Oh you know, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, but I'll sing praises to Minecraft. I will oh, absolutely. True, true, yeah. I will, I'll That's true. I've never had issues with Minecraft. No, because it's it really is a creative game. I mean, but let's be honest though. As as a whole, you've never said. Only losers play video games. No, it's true. It's true. I, I, yeah, it's true. It, 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 it's there's just very specific games that I, that I never really liked too much. Like I, I was never part of that. You know, there was a time when every game was a first person shooter. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I was like least interested in video games. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, they're all the same. Like, they, and you know, and to the, to be fair, I'm still not convinced that they are like Modern Warfare and Call of Duty. Are they different games? <laughs> are they really? I think there's like Call of Duty. And Mar- I think I feel like they were the same game, and then they had diverged. And I don't know. I don't even know, man. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, and this comes from one of my all-time favorite games is uh, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas Two. Uh, but I mean, uh, Nate's uh, our one, our brother. At one point, he tried to get me into Splinter Cell, and I just got kind of frustrated with it. And yeah. anyways, um, so but anyways, at yeah. the time, certainly in the early early eighties, for sure, and I want to say a bit of the late seventies as well. I mean, arcades were kind of like frowned upon by older generations you know it's just like wow you're going to the arcade yeah why, you know, why don't you, you why don't you get a job makes on your life right and mm-hmm. i feel i feel like now that generation that was in the arcades are like our dad's generation now will look down on kids with handheld devices when really it's not that different oh yeah, yeah. oh well, i mean actually yeah we do experience a bit of that don't we <laughs> yeah <laughs> where it's like it's like yeah people are always looking at their phones I'm like yeah but they're actually doing stuff they're not just looking at a screen well yeah, yeah. for sure um <laughs> So, I mean, I think the fact that, 
like you've you've really hit the point on the head here in that like you've got a generation of young people who are going to the arcade and feeling kind of judged about it Mm -hmm. and then they can watch this movie and be like like this guy you know it's not just that he's he plays a video game and then he's the best the best starfighter it's also that like his peers and his neighbors and stuff aren't judging him for it you know it's it's fine it's okay it's cool he can he can play a video game and not you know not be ostracized for it yeah yeah and and it is it is too bad that's not it was fairly recently where there was some someone who had made some comment about some shooter playing video games again and this was like well you know video games oh the violent, video games going through, violence thing. going through oh, that yeah. again yeah uh, i mean every time i mean i guess obviously not every time there's mass shooting because now every time there's mass shooting it's like thursday <laughs> um but when it was when it was much less commonplace uh, all the good times. Um, like, yeah, Columbine, that was like a huge debate, mm-hmm. if I recall. Yeah, back in, what was that, 99 or something? Or? Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so it's, yeah, I get And so this is another one of those relevant themes that even to this day, I think, I think to be honest, because uh, we watched it with my son, Andrew, I think that he could certainly, even though um, he's only been to a legit arcade once, and that was very recently. I think there, that was at least something that even he could identify with. It's just like, mm-hmm. look, he's playing a video game, and his neighbors are just like, you know what, you know, this is cool, you know, it's 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 fine, it's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, and besides, what else is he gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Fix stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Go out with his friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving along. <laughs> yeah. Centauri, even with the strange glowing eye thing, I think his alien effect kind of works. Like, like it's. It's there's a feeling of it being very very alien, you know what I mean? It, like mm-hmm. his face, but but still like not hostile, just a little uneasy. Like some of the effects for some of the aliens looked looked kind of, eh, you know. Okay, but, uh, but I, I am glad Zoidberg made an appearance. Uh, I was going to mention that too. <laughs> yeah, 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 the the toe he steps on the toe tentacle of the thingamabobber and yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. At fir- at first we thought it was a Mon Calamari from like Star Wars. Yeah, but no, it's but then totally Zoidberg. One hundred percent angry Zoidberg. <laughs> angry, yeah, angry Zoidberg. Angry Zoidberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You still have Zoidberg. <laughs> you all still have Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave Doug this look, just saying, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Centauri's car, I looked this up um, because mm-hmm. we noted that it it felt kind of like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. But then we looked at no, 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 no. Because Back to the Future came out in 85. It came out a year later. But the Centauri's car is based on the DeLorean. Yeah, okay. So they just had similar inspirations. Mm -hmm. Although uh, IMDb did note, though, that the dimensions inside the car did not necessarily match the dimensions outside the car. But you know, it's alien. Alien. Okay. Okay. Next question for you, sir. Uh oh. Early CGI. Uh, very early CGI. Uh, and one of the first, if not the first, movies to use CGI to represent real life. Um, right, yeah. Because as opposed to Tron, yep. when it was supposed to represent a digital world. Yeah. What I will say about the CGI... Well, actually, I guess, what is the question exactly? Before I should they have done it or should they have gone with models? Um, ah, okay. Yes. Let me think. I don't know. I have, I have mixed feelings on it. Okay. Because, um, well, I mean, it, first of all, I, I do have to note that because, since this is only a couple of years after Tron, yeah. um, the improvement in the CGI is quite a, uh, quite impressive. Oh, for sure. Compared, yes. compared to Tron, um, it's a significant improvement. You could get away with it in Tron. You could yeah. get away with it in Tron, it but that's because it was inside a computer, so okay. Yeah. But, uh, so why I'm of two minds of it is because... Um, 
is very dated. It is extraordinarily dated. It's mm-hmm. way more dated than like Star Wars, which used model work. Uh, same uh, Star Trek, which used uh, model work. Like those those movies have aged a lot better, and they still look great. Mm-hmm. This doesn't look great, but in some ways it's nice. It's got a charm to it because it does kind of represent where cinema was at at the time. It's a little time capsule. It's it's this little piece of piece of the movie that is like oh wow this is a product of the 80s um you know it's it's almost uh, except you know like mo- i guess most 80s movies did have like model work or i mean one of the things Battlestar that the, uh, used models yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah which goes back as far as the 70s actually so. yeah um but oh, yeah uh, no that's right that yeah it was significantly it was a little bit yeah. before that yeah yeah but i mean when people think of 80s movies they usually think of 80s horror when it comes to special effects because sure. the, the 80s horror movies are awesome like for if you want like gore effects practical and effects. like practical effects like oh even uh even poltergeist yeah. when uh, the guy's uh, tearing his own face off and stuff like that oh yeah 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 I mean it's one of those cases where it's just like we have to get this in one shot sort of thing yeah they get like a lot of ingenuity so in I guess in some ways Last Starfighter is an outlier in that um but because it was so uncommon. It does make it kind of a um, you know a, a bit of a novelty, uh, I guess, for the time, but also a bit of a time stamp because of how dated it looks. So you know, I yeah, I just have mixed feelings because like honestly, like I, I guess I wish it looked better, hmm. but at the same time, you know, you just you gotta embrace what it was for the time. At the time, it must have looked really cool, you know. Like I think about uh, when we were watching early CG shows like Reboot and and has like how how it looked so cool. Compared to the more traditionally animated stuff, like That's it, true. yeah, it felt was, when uh, we watched uh, uh, the tearing. I think it was the first episode reboot we watched. Yeah, yeah, where it was just like, oh, we should be recording this, almost like like it was a special event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, um, or we, when we tried, tried to catch all those short circuits, uh, those little <laughs> those little videos, mm-hmm. um, which is like art house early CG. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, where short were, circuits. They were um, yeah. just for anyone who, who's curious. In Canada, we had a uh, television station called YTV. Mm-hmm. I assume it's still around. It's uh, in the day. Those days, a lot of the programming was geared towards teenagers. These days, it's very much towards. Uh, preteens, yeah, um, yeah, and they used to, you know, between television shows, or usually on the hour, they'd have these little shorts called short circuits. Um, they wouldn't necessarily play the whole thing. Maybe they'd play thirty seconds. Maybe they'd play a couple minutes. It depended how much uh, free time you had between shows. And they were basically, you know, like Doug was saying here, just uh, a CG old CG animated art house shorts. Uh, actually, the very first, what's uh, why they were guided as the very first Pixar shorts. But it was technically done by what was it called the Lucas Lucas something studio? Uh, see, I don't remember. Sound like that, but it's it's the the guy in the bee, and the bee is bouncing his nose and all. Oh all yeah, stuff. yeah, it was an yeah. Early early Pixar, but pretty Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but if you go if you go and you buy your Pixar shorts collection on DVD, it's it's included in that mm-hmm. one. Uh, but I mean, you could just look up on YouTube, which I do occasionally. Um, you know, short circuits. Yeah, well, and, um, yeah. yeah, they were called short circuits on YTV. Yeah, but uh, in, in they have uh, there's video collections of them. I don't know if they're ever released on DVD, but if you, if somebody still has a VHS player mm-hmm. or uh, as we used to call them the uh, VCR, the old VCR. Um, there they were. Uh, one collection was called Imaginaria. Uh-huh. The other was uh, the Mind's Eye, and there may have been some other ones, but those are the two. I I had a point in when I was watching all these shorts on YouTube because I'm like because so many of them were cut off well, yeah. after uh, like partway because they were right between shows and then it was just to fill time and so yeah. when the sh- the sh- it was time for the show to show up 
they just like boing okay it's done yeah um, so it'd be a rare day when we'd see the whole thing start to finish yeah like really rare um so yeah i, I looked at sometimes my do you YouTube remember sometimes they only played like five seconds and you're like what was the point yeah d- 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 yeah <laughs> it's like true it happened actually way too regularly why'd you even start it <laughs> yeah I, that happened more often than they played the whole thing that's for sure yeah <laughs> so um anyways yeah uh they're worth looking up if you are really interested in early cg mm-hmm. um even some of that stuff looks a little bit better than oh, the last Starfighter. Yeah, you're, no, you're very, you're very right. And Although, some of it's very imaginative. The, the yeah, one where totally. all the musical instruments play themselves and stuff mm-hmm. is still really good. I kind of feel like um, those got away with it too because they took that art house angle. To yeah, it. is that like you could be as weird and. Uh, and experimental as you wanted to because it was like well it's all interpretive and you know it's all it's, it's not trying to tell a cohesive story as opposed to the last starfighter where it is trying to truly represent something yeah in space and and it could also look awkward when you have a cg shot of centauri's car going in and then it cuts to the car driving in the hainer bay sometimes mm, so, yeah, just yeah. even having that direct scene to scene sort of thing did look a little awkward but uh, no I hear you I hear you I will say as far as effects go and I told you guys this uh, both uh, Doug and Andrew when I was watching it the scene that always used to freak me out as a kid Mm -hmm. and uh, was um, basically the android beta uh, touches Alex to kind of get like a DNA imprint off of him and then spends a day or two restructuring his his skin i think it's just a day it's just think, a day i think it's just a day but then yeah. again i mean the timeline isn't exactly too clear yeah uh, to, to reform to look exactly like alex so there's a scene where he's in his bed and then the, you know maggie and lewis uh god i love you lewis uh keep you know <laughs> trying to get him out of bed and he's just groaning and thrashing around they're like fine we'll leave you alone and then once they're gone he kind of removes the sheet from his head and it's uh, now that's a great practical effect because it's at uh, this head that's kind of throbbing yeah, and forming yeah. and stuff and it used like i said you stop freak me out as a kid totally although i'm told you why watching it now it's it's not so bad um it's just like oh cool cool effect or whatever but at the time i just remember being like ah! <laughs> you know yeah yeah definitely yeah so i mean kudos to that the, the practical effects usually work i will say that the alien hitman hit, hit the hitman assassin yeah, beast yeah. aliens their uh alien effects didn't quite work as well for me they felt like more like animatronic masks right than some of the other ones um yeah so uh mm-hmm. here's another question for you Doug. yeah the clerks cartoon series uh kevin smith uh as you people know uh still making movies his uh he also made a very short-lived anime series based off his movie clerks yeah and in one of the episodes one of the six episodes that were produced uh randall beats his old at his high school his old high score for this game called pyramid and then is then recruited by the CIA in a last Starfighter sort of scenario to go and build a pyramid in real life by himself. <laughs> oh, so, well, yeah. so my question, my question to you, Doug, is: Well, let's expand that. If uh, if we had a last Starfighter test, what other sort of uh, video games could we could we fill in here? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, and what would that look like? I think the example I, I gave to you before was like in Donkey Kong Country. If you were playing Donkey Kong Country and you mm-hmm. just gathered a record number of bananas that no one else would, would you be dropped off in the jungle to grab bananas? Uh, honestly, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Not the jungle part. I just hate bananas. <laughs> Um, oh, drop me in a jungle. That's fine. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to cope. I'm just glad that there's a jungle there in this, this day and age. <laughs> right, right. It's not on fire. Um, all right, all right. Name, name, name some video <clears throat> games. Well, uh, I guess the question is, if you got a high score in uh, in Pac-Man, would you be forced to eat mountains of calamari? 
<laughs> I know they're not squids, they're ghosts, but uh, how do you eat a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Maybe they're, they're ghosts of the squid. As, as a kid, I just always thought they were squids. Or, they look like squids. Yeah, yeah. yeah they look like squids, okay. Um, or, uh, let's see, what's, a, what's another good one? Um, well, well, we basically said that Star Fox would be basically the last Star Fox. Oh, totally, yeah. Star Fox yeah. is, uh, yeah, it seems like they're basically the same game, uh, only Star Fox uh, looks a little better. <laughs> well, actually, no. you know, actually, no, the Starfighter game looked amazing for an early, for an early 80s arcade game. There's a whole a whole entry on the last Starfighter game. Right, um, yeah. Because it was commissioned and being developed, but then they didn't think that it was going to actually wind up being okay, so although there's some versions out there, it was never... Even though advertised, it was never actually released oh, until so they're, they're actually, later. Until later, like I want to say in the '90s, then they did do a Last Starfighter game. Well, there actually was a Last Starfighter. Yeah, there game. eventually, there eventually. Was. I know that there was a uh, a Last Starfighter NES game, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is n- absolutely nothing like the arcade game that's in the movie. Yeah, um, and it's it's a little more of a side scroller. You have to dodge a lot of things, and um, unfortunately, it's just given the name of the movie. And sort of like rebranded a little bit, but it's actually um, it was actually a Famicom Japanese release that had nothing to do with the Last Starfighter that they just put the brand name on when they moved it to the U.S. to sell some. Not the first time. No, yeah, no. All right, uh, what about some other games here? I guess Mario Brothers. If you get a high score, Mario Brothers. Do you have to go and collect mushrooms and 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 fight turtles? Um, I guess so. Yeah, Um, I mean, I I, I'm I personally really like turtles, and I wouldn't want to fight them too much, but. um, all right, see. all right. Let's bring it a little more current. <laughs> Fortnite. You get an ultimate high score in Fortnite instead of winning some some tournament. Do you get thrown out of an airplane and then you got to paraglide to the surface and and build stairs? Is that what they do? They build stairs. That's all I ever see them do. Is they they're shooting each other, grabbing guns, and building structures up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just hope that if I do really well, like I, I do something amazing in, in uh, Minecraft, mm. that I just get sent a mountain of Lego. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Just I love some Lego. <clears throat> okay, Zer, the uh, the traitor, the traitor guy who's betrayed his alien kind and he's gone over to the the Armada and stuff. Right. Yeah. The bad guy. He calls up to brag. Uh, hey, I got your spy mm-hmm. executing him, and I'm gonna. And here's when I'm invading. Yeah, he t- says exactly when he's invading. This is the stupidest damn thing. And I'm glad the movie calls it out, but it's still remarkably stupid. You know, uh, Zer's not a great villain. He's uh, <laughs> he's actually. Like I just, <laughs> I don't know what kind of language we're allowed to use here, <laughs> but he's <laughs> he's, a, he's a little sissy, and I just want to slap him across his face. <laughs> I, just, I just think he's such a loser. <laughs> I, you know, and and again, I'm so glad I'm able to watch to 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 watch this as an adult because it's just like all his subordinates agree with you. Apparently, Doug. Yeah, no, they all think he's an idiot. Yeah, and yeah. and I just I'm just like yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one who sees but it. But this means, though, there's a vacuum in the place of an actual full villain. Like, yeah. um, Lord Krill could fill that vacuum, but because of the limited screen time, he can't. And also, at the end of the day, you know, he's just kind of there to grumble about the fact that he doesn't <laughs> have as much power as he wants. So yeah. he's like, do this! And then he's like, no! I want to give the order! Do this! And then he's like, <laughs> and then eventually he just gets sick of it and wants to throw him out the airlock. And then they, then then, you know, it it, it it's uh the villain arc is a little unsatisfying uh, to be honest. 
Um, okay, but I, but I but I am amused at the fact that all the subordinates do find him as as annoying and pathetic as I do. Yeah. yeah. So let's 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 go back to that scene where the spy mm-hmm. uh, has just discovered that Alex is not still on Earth and that the Beta Unit is on Earth, mm-hmm. and he's communicating back with the Armada that the last Starfighter is is. Uh, is still alive, is not on Earth or whatever, mm-hmm. and he communicates and he gets as far as the last Starfighter is before he's he's destroyed, and then Krill and his subordinate are like, "Last Starfighter is what?" And Zer's like, "Dead, obviously." And they're like, "Is it obvious?" He's like, "Yeah, let's just go." Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so y- you can be Lord Krill. Okay, I'll be your subordinate. Okay, okay. All right, sir. Uh, the message just ended. The last starfighter is what? What do you think he was trying to say? Do you think it's last starfighter is hungry? I think the last starfighter is fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I don't know. That's all I can think of. (laughs) And maybe he is. Maybe the last starfighter. He he could be fabulous. (laughs) He could be fabulous. Uh, Some great lines. Uh, Some great lines. Um, When Lewis. Uh, who is constantly being brought into into this stuff and being told to shut up? Lewis sees Beta Unit remove his head, and he just says, uh, "Bleep me if you've got to." He says, "What the shit?" Which I felt was the most the most honest reaction that a kid would have. Like you, you'd think that a, you know a writer would be like, "Oh," and then he says, "Golly gee," or something. But or, or, or even just like, "What the what the?" But no, definitely what the shit. I'm kind of new at these gland games. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, okay, let's just, sorry, let's address the, the elephant in the room here. Okay. The death blossom. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the thing you hated. I hate, hated, still hate the death okay, blossom. Okay, so you, you weren't one over this time around. I wasn't one over. Okay. Uh, for those of you, again, who haven't watched the movie, the death blossom is, oh, be careful, don't touch it. It's never been tested. Yeah. It might blow us up. But if it works properly, when you push that button, a whole bunch of guns will show up and will start spinning really fast and destroy everything within a certain radius. It is simultaneously a Chekhov's gun and Ex Machina. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because they they mentioned, you're right. It is definitely both. They mentioned earlier. It's yeah. like, oh, you don't want to touch that. We don't yeah. even know if it works. Yeah. And then it just des- it destroys several squadrons, yeah. like the like almost the entire enemy fleet. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that if he's the last starfighter and he's the best and there was no death blossom in the arcade game then i want to see some freaking dog fighting i realize you're limited in time and effects but like i expect to see more dog fighting then and i expect you to just like like blow them away yeah yeah it's 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 cheap it just feels like they didn't really know how to wrap it up in a reasonable way because they kind of wrote themselves into a box of like we have put this one fighter in an unwinnable situation, mm-hmm. so I, what can we do? Like, because uh, like it's him against a whole army, and yeah, they have the element of surprise, which is what, like thing they mentioned that many times. Mm-hmm. Like, at least we got the element of surprise. Are you ready? We're gonna win. We got the element of surprise, but like the like you can get a few, a few good shots in there before the surprise is over, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, and then and then it's just a dogfight, and then you're one ship against an army, and so how do you? I mean, sure, he's a great starfighter, but how would you solve the problem? 
I guess there's always a magic button. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So I'm 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 just kind of disappointed because like I, I don't even want it to be an easy fight for him. Like have the ship take a lot of damage, and then it would make more sense when at the very end or not the very end, but at the end, when the mothership's coming and they have to like restart the engines and stuff like that. It would make more sense to me that if the sh- if the reason why the ship needed to restart its engines and funnel the life support power and blah 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 is because it took such a beating uh defeating those squadrons right yeah um yeah it, it's it's uh it is just a little cheap yeah and and you know i don't i i also can't necessarily think of like well how I, i'd have to restructure it entirely to like make it stronger you know like it's you just you know again they put it they put them into a box so. yeah uh, really quick before we move on, quite a few uh, Star Trek alumni who are in here, strangely enough. The most obvious one, uh, Mark Alamo, who played several roles on Star Trek, but most notably Gal Dukat, mm-hmm. was the hitchhiker. Uh, Will Wheaton was one of Lewis's friends. All his lines were cut, uh, but if you go looking for him, you'll see him in two scenes. Uh, and apparently Granny, uh, Granny with the shotgun, Oh. Uh, apparently, she was one of the Talosians in the pilot episode of Star Trek back in '66. Oh, cage. wow! Okay, uh, and and IMDb lists several more, but they all had like really, really small roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I found I found that interesting. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, uh, uh, my thoughts on Last Starfighter and sort of as a whole is it? I feel like it is a bit surfacey as a as a film. Like it's it's they're really. I feel like they didn't really um, do a good great a great job of of exploring alex's choices about about like i, I think it's a wasted opportunity that the whole like it's a surprise when he sends uh when centauri sends him to become the last starfighter i feel like he if it, it was done so that the audience could take it in at the same pace as him yeah but um they kind of basically gave him no choice and then then there was a quick moment of like i can't do this and then he goes back to earth and then there's no there's nothing super personal that makes him really want to go like in the in example in star wars luke is kind of put into a position where his life has been taken away from him and his only choice which is secretly what he wanted to do or not that secretly actually but he wanted to go fight the empire and now he was put in a position where he had no choice because he lost his family and his and his farm and his life was was gone or or, or you know you could either do something like that or you can make it so that he he um, he ha- it has to come from like a choice within. Like he finds out that the the other starfighters have been destroyed, and it really is up to him. And then he's like, okay, well, maybe I really do need to step up to the plate. But as it is, he steps down, and then then they're like, oh, if you don't come up, if you don't come save us, uh, these assassins are going to keep trying to kill you. He's like, okay, well, I guess I better go do that. <laughs> um, and then he discovers that the other starfighters have died. And I feel like that that just like some things were kind of backwards, so that there wasn't there wasn't enough value in uh, in Alex and his decision making hmm. uh, that really I think lets the, the film down and it kind of gives it I don't know just makes it feel a little flimsy uh, through all throughout. So that, yeah. those are my thoughts as as a whole on the Last Starfighter. Unfortunately, because I think it's I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not. I don't know. It's it's not a great film. It's a fun film. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those, I, yeah. I hope I hope you guys all really like the last Starfighter. <laughs> um, all right, Marvel Super Special number thirty-one, which was released. Uh, actually, it had the Super Special, but then it was also released in three issues, published uh, from October to December eighty-four. Uh, it was adapted by Bill Mantlo 
Uh, and the art was by Brett Blevins and Tony Sammons. And, uh, yeah, my first thought was uh, looking at the art... I mean, I like I like the art just fine. It is it is very of its time for for comics, comic depictions and stuff. But nevertheless, there were just still a few things that that did bug me a little bit. Uh, page one, right from the echo, straight out of the box. It's a planet. It's meant to be Earth, but it's it's too nondescript for my liking. I feel oh, like yeah, it should have yeah. been. I feel like it should have been recognizable. I think we know what Earth looks like, and yeah. I, and I think they did in the eighties too. Yeah. Uh, and in particular as well, I mean, I like how they depicted most of the characters. I did not like how Maggie was depicted. I was actually going to make a similar note. Uh, yeah. I think the artist really liked uh, the idea of uh, of drawing her in, uh, like, well, for even on the first page with her, mm-hmm. that booty shot. Booty, big and time. I feel like big the movie didn't make like didn't it didn't objectify her in that kind of way. And the thing is, she was she was pretty, yeah, but she wasn't like. Glamour model or unattainable hot chick or she was the girl next door, uh, almost Sorry. literally the girl next door, and yeah. Uh, and and yeah, I I thought she was I thought she was very attractive, but it's mm-hmm. not because she was popping cleavage or anything like that. She was attractive in part because she had an, an easy smile and she was a sweetheart. Yeah, she um, was really she was really sweet. Yeah, she was yeah. very kind and and uh, and like honestly, just you know she she loved her boyfriend, you know, and especially at the end. When Maggie is leaving with mm-hmm. Alex at the end, mm-hmm. is she in lingerie? Yes, I, yeah, I, to, I totally. <laughs> I was, I, I, and like, she, I, like I'm pretty sure she wasn't like in her like underwear, in like her skivvies, yeah, the, in the movie. Like, uh-huh. why did, they just drew her. Yeah, she was like very, very provocative, very, very provocative poses and stuff like that. Like it was, and and it's a change that I just don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean the teen boy demographic. That is a part of it for sure, but yeah. there was something nice, uh, like we said, about the casualness of their relationship and how, and also how human she was. You know that she could be pretty and she could be attractive and she could be desirable without having to like flash a ton of skin and stuff. And I, I felt like the character was done a bit of a disservice, as if oh, this comic won't sell unless you know. Unless, you know, we have some really tight shorts on and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, we've got Sierra nutty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, beat for beat, the comic basically follows the movie uh, almost exactly the same. Yeah, there's a few scenes cut out, but actually it hits the story points pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I did note the game, the, the arcade was inside the store now? Yes. What I, I don't, again, there's another change I don't quite understand. Yeah. Um, because they even have to make a few lines to, as a concession for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the, they left the door open. Yeah. When they didn't have to leave the door open in the movie because it was outside. Now, now, dear listener, you might be saying, well, well, hold on, Steve. But if you leave arcades outside and they're exposed to the elements, blah, 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 blah. Quick way around, around that, alien tech. I guess so. Yeah. 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 I, and you know maybe the store owner doesn't know better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and actually, truthfully, kind of reading it in comic form, I started to wonder: Is Last Starfighter in a lot of ways also the Hobbit? You know what I mean? It it, 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 it kind of. Okay. I mean, I, I it's, of course it's the reluctant hero's journey and stuff, which the yeah. Hobbit also follows. But I was getting kind of the vibe because of how reluctant Alex is. It was less Luke Skywalker, more Bilbo Baggins. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know The Hobbit that well. I've never read it, and I didn't see the movies, and the movies don't follow the book anyway. So truthfully, I don't know. I mean, I just know that you know he gets sent on this quest 
he, yeah, I mean, I guess it's similar. Hobbiton is a small town, um, very simple life there. You know, you eat breakfast and then second breakfast, and you go on <laughs> from there. And um, and then he gets thrust into a world that's so much bigger than his own. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, it's uh, in, in that sense. I guess it is kind of. And, and he and he was reluctant. You know, uh, he felt like he, he kind of had to go and didn't, and it, you know, it really wasn't his thing. Did Gandalf uh, kidnap him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> go coming with me. Basically, oh, really. Basically, yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe. Maybe because Obi Wan didn't kidnap Luke. No, he he encouraged him, and it wasn't until like Luke got, lost his his family that he's and Obi Wan's like, so uh, should we go? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, we should go now, Luke. <laughs> Luke. 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 The reveal of Centauri's face uh, in the film. He kind of he's got a, a handkerchief. He pull, pulls it up. Oh yeah, and he yeah. pulls his face, uh, the kind of face off, and you can kind of see the eyes. It looks like he's like cleaning his eyes. I uh, like to like maybe he's like oh I got a smudge like we do with our glasses. That's what it looked like to me. Like yeah, he he's just uh, he's like oh yeah I'm gonna polish this up and now mm-hmm. now we're not on Earth I can get away with this. Um, we're but in the comic they do something which I don't think they could have done all in the film where he's just kind of like massaging the face almost it almost looks like he's smoothing it out yeah changing the dimensions well it would have been a more expensive effect probably oh yeah for yeah. sure for sure but i thought i thought that was really clever because it, it implies there's like an otherworldliness to his skin mm-hmm. you know he's not just wearing a mask there's there's a strange property to his skin that allows him to reshape it to look like ours yeah uh which i thought very clever and i feel like i i i feel like i have seen that in a movie before but i'm struggling to think of which one um, but I won't waste our time on it. We'll, we'll, if I, if <laughs> if I think it, of it, I'll it, let yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get an answer as to how on Earth, uh, or actually not on Earth, how they get from from Earth to this uh, starfighter base so bloody fast. Um, you just kind of see them flying in the film. Yeah. But here in the comic, they they go through a space uh, space warp. They go through like a yeah. The yeah. little bit of explanation uh, went a long way there. It's like thank you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I can now I can buy that. It makes me wonder if it was something that was originally like in the script but never like was translated into onto screen properly. Yeah. Or if it's something that the comic writers were like, how did it get there so fast? <laughs> uh, let's just put them through a portal. The one thing that they did skip, which they probably shouldn't, is. Uh, the translator device. They made yes, a, 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 a deal, big deal about that in the film. But yeah, was, Alex uh, is going around. He's, he's like, uh, does anyone speak English or Earth? And I remember thinking that was really cool as a kid when, mm-hmm. when they were like, there you go, now you have a universal translator. Um, even though I, I saw that in Star Trek a lot of times already. But yeah, they, it did, then suddenly everyone speaks English and they didn't really say why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, but the, the, the thing about the comic is they're all speaking alien, uh, an alien ton or mm-hmm. two. And then suddenly they're not. It's almost like they made a conscious effort to start speaking. Yeah, English it's almost for like him. they forgot a line. Uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, okay, I'm glad. I, I, I was worried. I just maybe I just missed it. Mm-hmm. But no, okay, it's just not in there. It's but, it's, but, interesting. Uh, it's worth noting. Uh, just so everyone knows and then how important this is. Uh, Zoidberg is still in the comic. <laughs> Zoidberg is yeah. still there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting how different uh, different works of fiction will approach the universal translator idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Star Trek. Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide, Babblefish. Yep. Is a great example. Uh, in uh, Farscape, uh, there's a little chip that everybody, as like a young kid, gets implanted with, and when uh, John, I forget his last name, he when he encounters uh, Mo- Moya. They're surprised he doesn't have it, and they just straight up inject him with the chip that translates, uh, translates all the languages mm. for him. And so, you know, I I like it when or or Doctor Who's another great example of that uh, translating languages is a function of uh, function of the TARDIS, and uh, you need a Time Lord and a TARDIS, and then you can understand languages. 
usually. I like it when writers do attempt to, you know, say, hey, look, we understand there's no way everybody in the universe is going to be speaking English. That's fine. How can we get around it that fits within the framework of the universe we've created? Mm -hmm. So it was too bad that wasn't in the comic. Especially since it's such an easy fix. Uh, One panel. Yeah. 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 Oh, here's your translation device, Sonny. Or even like just another bubble. Another word bubble, you know? Yeah. It's an easy fix. Yeah. Now, the Zer hologram scene, uh, Mm -hmm. which on the whole I I did like in the film... You know, I found your spy. I'm killing him. Um, yeah, until until he announces his whole plan, beat for beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I get ready. I'm going to attack I'm, at six I'm o'clock coming. tonight, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be fabulous. Um, I actually liked the film effect of the hologram and the execution scene better. The the yeah. the, 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 the the head, but it, it's not. It's it's kind of monochromatic ish. Like it had a blue tint and. Um, mm. There's some very strange. The the comic doesn't um, it doesn't scale it very well. It's not very clear how big he is in the film. He's huge. Yeah. Uh, and then it just appears like he looks just looks kind of tall. And then in the next panel, he looks much bigger. Um, so it's just it's just something that's uh, unclear. Like the 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 scaling, I'd say. Yeah. So. Um, and th- you know, and that is actually kind of too bad because I feel like in the comic you could do more mm-hmm. than the film. Like, why restrain yourself? You know, go, yeah, go totally. bananas, change, change hues between panels or something, or something. You know, you mm-hmm. can do something. Uh, I will say though, the Kodan command ship looks better. I did not in the film get a sense of how big or how powerful the ship was. Mm-hmm. It was just a kind of a bunch of like <clears throat> shapes that were kind of polygons that were stuck That's together. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the comic, I did get an image, and it makes sense because again, uh, like CG was was like I think people they didn't exactly know how to use it in in the film. Yeah, to to like great scaling effects and stuff like that. But in this case. Yeah, they, I mean, obviously, comics—you just not—you don't have those same uh, limitations. You just—you can just draw it as, as long as you can draw it to to look to look right. Uh, and actually, you know, actually, it's great because the there's the scene when you see the command ship, it gives a good sense of scale because of uh, you can see the fighters flying toward, I guess, the camera of sorts, and you know, they see the big ones and the and then the small ones that are more distant. So you you do get a good sense of like how big the ship is for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, I actually like the design of the ships better than the, the look of most of the characters. Yes, yes. Um, I found that they were not able to capture the likeness of most of the characters at all. Mm-hmm. With the, a few exceptions, uh, Centauri, the, for some reason they nailed Centauri. Yeah. Like, he looks great. Um, they got Nice Bosk down pretty good. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, uh, what, oh, no, what was his name? Uh, Greg? Uh, Greg, Greg, yeah. Greg, yeah. yeah I call right. him, yeah, Nice Bosk. We, we were calling him Nice Bosk throughout the, the whole <laughs> film. Andrew didn't know what we were talking about. Doug pulled up a picture of Bosk from Star Wars. And it's just like, okay, so imagine now that this is Bosk if he was a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not some ruthless bounty hunter. Yeah, he was, he was a nice guy. Yeah. As, I, unfortunately, you know, uh, then naturally we forgot his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so, Greg, yeah. Greg, yes. Uh, or at least not, not in this picture of, uh, I think the first panel with uh, nice Bosk is... Um, he's well. I mean, he's it's a little smaller. And he just it doesn't quite work. But yeah, there's a few shots where he's really good. But they couldn't capture Alex at all. He always had these super dopey looks on his face. Yeah, like constantly. Even on the very front page, or the I guess the, not the front page, but the the cover. He doesn't even really look like himself. A lot of the other things look pretty good on the cover, but not his face. Uh, Centauri looks great, but he has his face, and I and I can only describe his face and that he's making this sound. 
<laughs> Hold on, I got this. <laughs> it's just I, he doesn't look heroic at all. He looks, uh, he looks like he's like got a lot of gas, and it's like you give it troubling him, and he's like, mm. oh, he's like, oh, I just really need to get home. I just need to go oh, no. home. Too um, much quinoa. <laughs> so uh, and yeah, so he's got these really dopey looks all throughout his throughout the whole the whole comic, and um, yeah. So I I think some of the art in 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 the character faces just fall short. Also, same with Maggie; she just doesn't really look no. like herself at all either. No. So, uh, or yeah. and there's a really stupid look on. Um, Ah, shoot, what's his brother's name again? Uh, Lewis. Lewis, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a... Lewis has got a few dumb faces, too, so... You know, actually, who Maggie reminds me of? She reminds me of uh, Mary Jane. Remember how, like, um, assassination plot? Um, remember how Mary Jane was drawn? Like, super, oh, yeah, yeah. super voluptuous. Like, That's true, yeah. Ridiculously. Well, that, that was also 80s, wasn't it? Or was that yeah. early 90s? Uh, ooh, I don't remember when assassination plot came out. I mean, yeah. it was a... It was a it was an amazing Spider-Man story thread um, yeah. that it was had uh, Paladin and Silver Sable. Yeah. yeah, and it was um, it was okay. Yeah. I liked where it was going, but I felt it. Oh, the ending it, was the ending down. wasn't that good. Yeah. It was like it was it just became a patriotic American speech, and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, hooray. But uh, do you remember? Uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure this was an assassination plot where Peter comes home and Mary Jane is is working out to, uh, and she was time. It was a Jane Fonda thing, and she's like, "Oh man, I don't know how Jane Fonda, you know, is able to do these moves without without sweating and stuff like that." And she's and she's on the floor, and, and you know, and she's she's pushing her arms together to like amplify her bosom and stuff. And, I'm, and even at the time, as a kid, I'm just like, "This is a little much," <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like this is yeah. a little much, you know. Yeah, totally. I, and I feel like that's that's how Maggie is depicted. Again, I, I'm sorry, folks. I am going on it on about this but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh one more thing is uh there's a lot of changes in, in the scene where they're up against that uh, assassin yes yes actually i felt changes for the better truth thought so? I, I thought uh, centauri doing zoom by blasting an arm off mm-hmm. well that was done better well the um, fact that that's uh in the film the this assassin just reaches down through the roof and tries to grab it, Alex, which doesn't work at all. He just gets the jacket. But instead, in the comic, he immediately tries to shoot at him, which makes way more sense to me. If you're there to, yeah, to yeah. assassinate him, you're not just going to try to grab him through a roof. You're going to shoot him at the first opportunity you get. Yeah, yeah, true. <clears throat> yeah, you're not going to go like, heads up, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Although maybe that is a trend when it comes to bad guys in space. Yeah, it could be. We're coming for you. Right, here we heads come. up. I'm coming. <laughs> now, when you go down to kill Alex... Let him know when you're about to strike. That's how he'll know you're the bad guy. Okay, boss. I don't if you say it. That's really stupid. I'm going to get killed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> there, there's a little bit of stuff I don't like as much with, uh, as far as like, um, him and uh, Alex and Beta, mm-hmm. like uh, they're just in one frame going like, "Hey, now there's two of us. What you gonna shoot?" And it's like, and now the beast is so confused. And it's, it's and uh, I'm like. I mean, did you have to spell it out like that? Did you have? I mean, in the movie, it was it was. I mean, I guess it's a hard thing to translate sure. to a to a comic where, sure. like, you know, a Beta comes around the corner and then you know, a bad guy Frumpleface looks and he's like, Arr! and then he tries to shoot that guy. I guess it, it would be hard to do that in a, an amount of panels that is reasonable to devote to that much uh, part of the, that much of the story. 
So, I mean, it's a, it's a compromise I kind of understand, but I don't think it's as strong as what happened in the movie. And, and unfortunately, it kind of like, I think truthfully kind of diminishes the threat a little bit too, because these are, these particular creatures are specifically assassins, and yeah. that is their trade, that is what they are known for. And he rounds the corner and he sees two Alexes, and so he's confused. He does the Tim, the Tim Allen, huh? Yeah, <laughs> of course, my thought would be, if this is an assassin, why wouldn't he shoot both? Yeah, definitely. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's like, all right. He's like, no, the Lost Starfighter is definitely dead. Definitely dead. dead. Especially because beta units are a known thing. They are known. And even these assassins know because later, when the beta unit is admitting to Maggie that he's a beta unit, you know, that uh, that, that clues in the, the assassin hitman guy. He's like, oh, it's a beta unit. So, I mean, they know that beta units are things. So, he would round a corner. He'd see two of them. Oh, clearly one's a beta unit. I better take them both out. Yeah, I I don't know. You're 100% right. That, 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 that whole thing should have just been structured differently. Yeah. 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 But Centauri coming in and, you know what and saving the day might have, did work a little bit better. It did. But do you know what actually would have been better? A Scooby-Doo moment where the this one panel and it's looking down or, or several panels looking down same point of view of a hall and like the two houses <laughs> running through the various doors and the poor <laughs> and the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah the assassin running after them through the doors and they're chasing him and he's chasing and then, them uh, yeah yeah and yeah. then they, they they go through opposite doors and then and then well your little assassin looks around and he's like huh? <laughs> yeah no yeah yeah you're right that's definitely the strongest possible choice yeah i agree yeah, I, yeah that's uh, that's my point of view i'm, I'm sticking to it strange lines of dialogue when alex comes home to first see the beta units and he says, uh, like, he sees Lewis asleep. It's dark. He's going into mm-hmm, his bed. Mm-hmm. Someone's been sleeping in my bed. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, and has someone also been eating your porridge, <laughs> Alex? <laughs> <laughs> and sitting in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, someone's been sleeping in my bed? Uh, yeah, so I was a little... I actually, yeah, I, I had a goal. You could even solve too. that just with like a little, uh, a little text thing saying, uh, "Alex feels disturbed when he notices a pre- that there's someone in his bed." Boom, done. Boom, just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few. Another, ones. another one is um, <clears throat> not in the film unless I totally missed it. But Maggie says, "Hey, Alex, I thought we agreed. No drugs." And I feel like, did Nancy Reagan put them up to this? And you know, the war on drugs is like, oh yeah. Well, if we're putting this out, we've got to include a reference of how drugs are bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you want to give that national, the comic seal of approval. <laughs> that's you right. Gotta, and no drugs. That's right. Yeah. But conversely, then a line they omitted was there was a strangely badass line at the end uh, when the uh, Kodan command ship's about to crash on the moon and the subordinate says, what do we do? And then uh, Krill just says, we die. And it's just like, oh, that was strangely badass. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's omitted in the comic. They're just like, oh no. <laughs> what do we do? We're going to be dead. We're going to be dead. And then, and then, man, they blow through that ending really yeah, fast. Yeah. Like the the epilogue is zoom. Like they are they are in and done really fast. So fast that Maggie can't even put clothes on, yeah, no, and she's no, already not, not out. Centauri's alive. Great, back to Earth. Oh, great. Yeah, here and uh, uh, pick up Maggie. Oh, come on, Maggie. We gotta go. Oh, look, everyone, it's Greek. Hey, oh, you should be proud of your son. And away they go. I also didn't like that Centauri survived. Be like, what did that really? I mean. I get this is also this is from the movie as well, but yes. I, I'm just chiming in because I, I forgot to mention it before. But yeah, um, Centauri they do this whole death scene. They kind of, they make a, a mention like 
there's like there's no time for grieving right now you know it's like oh yeah uh, well, well, I'll see you again like, in the next dimension or whatever yeah you know I'll uh, see you again in the next dimension what <laughs> um and I just uh I, I, I just I just don't understand what bringing him back accomplished just like well okay so you maybe they're worried that it, it, it like traumatized kids too much I don't know uh, you know I, I mean but it just seems like it's yeah I don't know I just never liked it I you know just, what that reminds felt, me it just made it feel a little cheaper you know? yeah you know what that reminds me of when you mention it like that what's that National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1 at the end where oh, yeah. uh, everybody who allegedly had, had died from the good guy side right. pop up in the back of the car and, and, including like uh, uh, Colt's Colt's old dog and stuff they just pop up in the back <laughs> and, uh, oh no we're all here <laughs> did you ever see the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang I haven't I've been meaning to oh okay well I'm not gonna ruin anything okay it's, uh, Doug's it's like, making a kiss Kiss, kiss, bang, bang reference. Those of you at home, if you know what he's talking about, yeah, yeah. you can nod in agreement. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah Michelle yeah. Monaghan. Uh, she's lovely. She's, she's, <laughs> she's lovely. Well, it's a good thing, though, that Brett Blevins didn't draw her because would have done Michelle Monaghan as a service. It wouldn't have looked like her and she would have been in lingerie the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts about uh, about the comic adaptation? Uh, you know, it's it's serviceable. Uh, it's nothing special. I don't know. It, it's it's uh it's the, some of the space stuff works. Um, the Death Blossom doesn't translate super well, but at the same time, like, I, I, I don't, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'd do differently. Yeah. You know, like, how do you, because there's, there's a kind of a cool specific movement that they had in the movie that you just can't really replicate because it is, it has to be done with moving pictures, right? Yeah. So, uh, so they did something that they felt, it just makes you, I, I just, it kind of looks a little silly with the re kind of sound effect. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks goofy, but it was it was goofy in the film too. So like you know, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not like it diminishes from the film. If I already thought yeah. that that part was stupid, so <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, it's fine, but it's you know it's uh, it it doesn't. Uh, I don't feel like it really adds anything mm. too much to the experience of the last Starfighter. It's just um, yeah. It just it is what it is. Yeah. I'll agree with that assessment. I think it's it's fine. Serviceable is a great word for it. Yep. If you really dig Lars Starfire, definitely pick it up. I don't feel that like the art is particularly good or, or interesting. Like they did yeah. anything particularly interesting with it. The I mean the script is basically the same. And there were some great things that they added, but there was also some things they omitted or some questionable things they added. So I, I don't feel like it was weighed in one way or the other. I, and uh, yeah, so no, I'll, I'll I'll agree that it was just it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Cool. I have a bit of feedback from Curtis. Yeah, we didn't get loads of feedback for this one, no. uh, but that's okay. Yeah, that's you know. that's all right. I know that this one has a special and, place. And we've in been talking a lot already, so you don't need to <laughs> you don't need to hear us talk forever. Okay, so Curtis says. This was my first viewing of this movie, and I loved it. It was a lot more straightforward than I thought it would be, but that's okay. It was still quite fun. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. The comic skims over a few things that I think make it inferior. I really felt like Alex's purpose on Earth was played down. They rushed through the letter scene and never really talk about it. Uh, 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 He was applying for a student loan. That's true. Yeah, yeah. They, They mentioned it a little bit in the movie. Uh, it, it is actually a very important moment of character motivation, yeah. Uh, because it, it, his his way out was taken away from him, mm-hmm. um, and so that sort of that does amplify like what what uh, 
this whole last Starfighter opportunity means to him. Yeah. But it is it is definitely glossed over. Uh, it's glossed over in the movie, but more glossed over in the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis continues. <clears throat> this is a big deal because the whole purpose of his hero's journey is based around how much he feels like he has no purpose. <laughs> I, guess, I guess maybe I should just let let him finish. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Well, you guys agree. Yeah. Uh, another thing they really glossed over is the death of Centauri. In the movie, you really feel like his death was personal for Alex. In the comic, they just move on to the next thing. It's little things like this that uh, make this adaptation not really work for me. However, I did really like the addition of the last line showing how Alex has influenced his little brother. Uh, as an aside, yeah, I yeah. did miss that. Yeah, it is It is true. Where It looks like now Lewis is he's practicing at Last Starfire so he right, can yeah. match the score. Okay. It's true, yeah. That's a good point. Although it does make Lewis seem a little bit younger than he is in the movie. It's true. It, it seems a little more like like seven-year-old when he's like, what, like 12 or so? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's also worth noting that uh, they had omitted his, his best line in the movie well, not just what a shit, what the shit, <laughs> but also uh, when it, when Alex and his uh, girlfriend are kissing, mm-hmm. he, he's looking out the window. He goes diarrhea. <laughs> we had we had so much fun over the next. Uh, I want to say ha- at least half hour where you know we would exclaim diarrhea whenever something was happening. <laughs> was like, like that was. Just, <laughs> would it be funny if his mom saw them? She was like, oh, diarrhea. <laughs> Oh, we but love yeah, you, Lewis. He seemed, he, Lewis seemed younger in the comic than he yeah. did in the movie. I agree. Yeah. Curtis continues, the story was adapted by Bill Mantlo, who is the creator of Rocket Raccoon and Cloak and Dagger, among others. Um, the artist is Brett Blevins. This is some of his earliest work, and his style is unrecognizable with what he would grow into even a few years later when he started drawing for New Mutants. His plotting and staging is a bit clunky, which also doesn't help with the adaptation. Definitely not the strength that we saw in uh, Sienkiewicz and Williamson in the past couple of comics uh, that we've covered. We will see Blevins again uh, when we cover the Dark Crystal adaptation. Overall, good movie, mediocre adaptation. Okay, seems yeah. like we're all kind of more or less on the same page. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, moving on for next time, uh, I was telling Doug that uh, I have not seen Conan. Conan the Barbarian. The Conan the, I haven't seen either of the Conan movies because right. there's only two, right? Uh, truthfully, I have not either, even though I've actually had... Uh, I Actually, I think I have the, the uh, both movies, the double disc hmm. uh, collection of Conan the Barbarian and Conan the... Destroyer? Yeah, Destroyer, Destroyer. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and don't um, forget about the uh, the third one, Conan the Librarian. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arguably the best one. Yeah. <laughs> don't what? you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> uh, UHF, folks, look yeah, it up. Curtis will get it. Yeah, Curtis will definitely get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought um, I thought why not why not tackle why not tackle Conan? Yeah, yeah move away from sci-fi because that's pretty much all we've done exclusively. Basically, yeah. oh no, Labyrinth was uh, fine fantasy, fantasy well, but yeah. uh, but we've definitely mostly done sci-fi. And certainly, like there were a lot of comics that that uh, that kind of dealt with that sort of. Uh, um, yeah, you know, like like Beast Man or our, uh, you know, uh, hulking figure in like a in like a pre medieval sort of thing. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. think of uh, what's a, a Commandy, I think was was one of them. Um, and there there was a few of them that were along those lines, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's definitely something that I could uh, look into a little bit more. But my 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 knowledge on it is very very slim, so this is going to be a little more research for cool. me. Cool, it'll be good to uh, to catch up on a, a classic. And you know, Conan is is regarded as a uh, as a classic. And I mean, I, it's I what isn't that one one of the ones that actually brought Arnold Schwarzenegger into the spotlight? Basically, like, right? Uh, which you know. Um, if you don't know, folks, he's uh, he's been in a few movies since then. <laughs> uh, Put that cookie down. 
No! Yeah, see, Steve goes right for Jingle all the way. <laughs> <laughs> zooms, zooms past uh, Terminator, Terminator 2, uh, and uh, Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, I, like, just, I love Total just Recall. Just honed right in on uh, Jingle, Jingle all the way. way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> That's right, um, but you know what? It is par- arguably his best line, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's saying a lot when it's Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Uh, uh, there's a, that uh, YouTube video I love. Uh, it's like the 130 best Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. Mm-hmm. I could just watch that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I could, well, I could watch it if if it was 130 times that Arnold Schwarzenegger said, "Put that cookie down now." I want to say yes, but a part of me knows that's not true. Yeah, okay, I, I'm a big guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's we'll have to get real with ourselves. All right, folks, um, uh, feel free to uh, to read along, watch watch Conan, read the comic, throw in some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Uh, and also, I've been uh, plowing through uh, our older episodes of uh, the Music A to Z po- podcast. I'm now on our third alphabet run. I just uploaded B is for Blackbird, Blackbird. Yeah, and uh, uh, as just the quickest of asides, it's another podcast that Doug and I host all about music, and uh, we recently lost our episode archive, and I've been re-editing it and re-uploading it, and uh, we would love if you would seek us out. That means it's the best time to get started. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal time to yeah, get started. Yeah, because you know, we've, we're, we've uh, ironed out the, uh, the, the wrinkles already, so. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, and uh, and yeah, be sure to check me out on uh, that uh, that website. It's starting to catch on. It's called YouTube, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look up uh, moving underscore pictures as pictures as P I K, um, and uh, yeah, you want to see stuff on uh, movies and uh, Transformers and uh, video games. It's and, the place you want to be. And you animation buffs, uh, there's a series called Ali Hasn't, where uh, Doug's fiance uh, gets uh, gets to experience some of Doug's uh, pop culture stuff. Yeah, and, from uh, my childhood. And his new episode's going to be uh, Ali Hasn't Seen the Secret of Nim. That might actually be out before this is aired, actually. Okay. So we'll see. If it's not, it will be right around the same time. So it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I love me some Secret of Nim. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess... I guess let's sign out. Thanks, folks, for listening. Uh, go watch some movies. Go read some comics. Yeah. Is there anything else we have to say on our sign out? I don't even know. I don't think so. Cool. Right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Remember that fall feeling, the cool, crisp breeze on your cheek, and the hot drink in your hand? As you explore rugged coastlines, forested peaks, and golden vineyards, remember the sounds, the smells, the dancing leaves, the harvest bounty, and the cozy cabins. Savor that feeling as you fall in love with British Columbia all over again. Start planning your trip today at explorebc.com. One of our favorite seasons is almost here. And at Lowe's, we're ready to bring on fall. Make that bathroom pop with matte black Moen Fashion Plumbing and Faucets. Bring fresh color inside with a range of Seco paints. And build leaf piles for the kids and maybe yourself with a Craftsman leaf blower. If you're ready to bring on fall, visit Lowe's.ca to get home delivery or curbside pickup. Lowe's. 